Father, we thank you for this beautiful day again, as we have prayed before that you have blessed us with in such a wonderful way that we're able to come out here today and join in the praise and worship and, Lord, to give you the glory and the honor. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be ever near unto us this morning. Help us to listen with our hearts that we might, Lord, realize what you have done through the church, your organization here on this earth, your representation here on this earth, that we might, our Father, be involved deeply, wholly, surrendered unto your service through Christ and his church. We ask, our Father, that you'd be ever near to those, again, who are ill today. We thank you for our sister Florence, and we do pray a special blessing that she would soon be able to come back and be with us. Now we pray, our Father, that the Holy Spirit will direct our church as we go forward in this fall season coming up, that it would be to please thee. And all that we say and do, we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. This is our fourth and final message in a series that I wanted to bring concerning the church, especially the local church. Um, as we enter the fall season, uh, we'll go back to the book of Nehemiah, and uh, we, will, uh, we will finish it up. And then in October, I'm hoping to start a series on what is revival. And then in the first week in November, we will have a series of meetings. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to be a revival because only God brings revival. A special speaker does not bring a revival in his pocket. We cannot manufacture a revival. It has to come through our hearts being open to the Spirit's leading to have revival. But let's go to today's message, your responsibility to the local church. Now, the local church, as you have been taught down through these past three weeks, the local church, I feel, has become a neglected organization in our modern society. If you'll think back 70 years ago or further, maybe some of you can't think that far, but... Uh, uh, just think back to even some of the pictures we saw on the screen uh, during the, the message of the, the uh, song we listened to. That 70 years ago or, or, or longer, the local church was the center of a community. People came to church. People were involved in activities in church. Then we see that things changed as we become more modernized, more contemporary. Uh, recreation, entertainment, work schedules changed. And a compromising spirit within the local church and its memberships has caused a great exodus from our local churches. From 1982 until 2005, I 
had access to the enrollment in the membership of the Logan Mingo Baptist Association 14 churches. When I first became the pastor at McConnell, they were deeply involved in the association and therefore I attended a lot of those meetings and I got a lot of those statistics. And seemingly from the early 2000, uh, early, uh, late 18, uh, 1980s, 90s, and early 2000s, there was a distinct decline in Sunday school memberships. And today, some of those churches don't even have Sunday school. A lot of them have closed the door on Sunday night. You see, my friends, coaches, club leaders, TV movie stars, sports vehicles, and employers have influenced local churches more than the pastor and God does. Christianity has been watered down by liberal seminaries. Sometimes we should call those cemeteries. And denominational concessions that the local church has become worldly and ineffective in its message. Therefore, most church members don't feel too obligated to the local church. But you know what? That doesn't change what this says. This is the authority. And believers need to understand what is our responsibility to the local church. Because it is God's intention that number one, you get saved, number two, you get baptized, and number three, you become part of a local church. Now, it does not say thou shalt join a local church in the scripture, but think of why the Apostle Paul was even called into a ministry, none other than to establish local churches all over Asia Minor and all through Europe. And if God had not intended for the local church to be the place where he works his will through to communities of lost people, then he would not have had Apostle Paul to do that. And so what is our responsibility to the local church. First uh, Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. Moreover it is required in stewards. That a man be found. And here's our responsibility in one word. Say it with me. Faithful. Faithful. What is a steward? A steward is a person. That is given a responsibility. To produce. Something. For example, I am a school teacher. I have a classroom. My principal cannot come by 
50 some teachers at Logan High School and look in on them every period to make sure that they're doing their job. I am a steward of my principal and the Board of Education that I am teaching what I'm supposed to be teaching and doing what I'm supposed to be doing in that classroom. So therefore, as members of this church or a local church somewhere, then we have a responsibility. It's called faithfulness. The local church is what God has ordained as his representative here. And I said that once, but let us look in Ephesians chapter number 5. And let us see what the Apostle Paul said to the church at Ephesus. Starting with verse number 23. And he's using the uh, example or the, uh, the similarity of the husband and wife's relationship. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wife be subject unto her own husbands and everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Why should we be faithful? Because Christ died for us. The church. We are the church. This building's not the church. People who are saved. We are the church. And Christ died for the church. Now, if somebody dove in the swimming pool and rescued me from drowning... I think I would feel somewhat obligated to that person. I would always remember I could have died that day, but yet this person rescued me. And so the church should be faithful to what God has done for us through the cross in Christ. That he might sanctify it and by the washing of the water which is what? The word. the word. Now you can't get clean if you don't go take a bath. And you can't get clean spiritually if you don't hear the word. It's our soap and water, guys. It's how we get clean. So he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot nor wrinkle nor any such thing, but that it should be holy without blemish. So men ought to love their wives as their own body. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. And so why? Because the local church has been ordained as God's place for us to come together and to get our jobs, our job descriptions, and to go and do it. So believers are ambassadors. We are ambassadors. Our president has sent to every country a person to represent him personally in that country. They are ambassadors to the president. Christ has 
sent us into the local church that we might go out of it as ambassadors. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We represent Christ. I represent Christ in my classroom. I don't have a Bible where I take it out and teach, though it's mentioned quite often, but I have a responsibility to reflect Jesus to those young people that I stand before every day. And so thus do you, whether you're in a home or in a community affair, at a job or wherever, we are ambassadors. And so the church is Jesus' means by which he carries out his ministry. We are little Christ. That's what Christian means, little Christ. And so what is his mission? It is evangelism, that is preaching the word. Now, I can't preach the word at Logan High School except at Prayer Club and FCA. Or if I have an opportunity to talk to a student at lunch or a time when they might come and talk to me and I can mention Jesus that way. I don't particularly take my Bible out and do it in class. But I am to evangelize. That is to spread the gospel. Missions. We are to be missionaries. Not just in our giving to missions here in this church, but as we go out, we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel. We are missionaries for Christ. We should be soul winners. We should be attempting to win people to Christ. Preaching and teaching the word. Matthew 28:19. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Faithfulness. Because there is an accountability. Hmm. Accountability. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10. For we must all. Did you hear that? All of us. All Christians. Paul is writing to the church. He's not writing to lost people. This is not the... This is not the great white throne judgment that Paul is referring to here today. He is referring to that place where every one of us will stand when the rapture takes place, the resurrection of the dead takes place. We will stand before Christ. It's called the judgment seat of Christ. It is for Christians. And we will all give an account before that judgment seat with what are the things that we've done in our body according to whether they were good or whether they were what? Bad. Can Christians do bad? Anybody in here ever had a bad thought since you were saved? You've done bad. Have you ever neglected reading the Bible one day? You've done bad. Have you neglected prayer one day? You've done bad. Have you neglected talking to someone about their need for Christ and you had an opportunity to, but you were mousy about it? You did bad. It doesn't have to be getting out here and getting drunk to be bad. It's things that we omit as Christians on a daily basis. And so we are going to give an account. Ezekiel chapter 3, here's the worst one. 
Ezekiel chapter 3, that we do not take the opportunity to talk to lost people and to encourage them through the gospel to be saved. And notice what Ezekiel says in chapter number 3 and verse 18. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speaketh to warn the wicked of his wicked ways, to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require where? At thy hands. When we stand before Christ at that great judgment called the judgment seat of Christ, and we have not told our husbands, our wives, our neighbors, our friends, people that we come in contact with about Christ, their blood will be on our hands if they have gone to hell and we had an opportunity to reach them with the gospel. Now once you have spoken to them in love and in tactfulness to get them to see their need for Christ, no longer is their blood on your hands. But as long as they are lost and you have a responsibility, we should rescue the perishing. We are accountable. We must be faithful. How can the church reproduce if we don't bring them in? It's our responsibility. So how can I demonstrate faithfulness to God through the local church? How can I do that? Well, this verse we've wore out this month. It's Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. And it's a very simple verse. How can we be faithful? How can we show faithfulness to God? The least thing. He gives us 168 hours every week to do as we so desire. But only five of those, and maybe not even that many, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. That might might not even add up to five hours. Five hours out of 168 hours. I don't think that's asking a lot. To come together and get charged up, refueled, to get food for our soul, to get encouragement and love and, and, and to be accountable for Christ, forsaking not the assembling of ourselves together as in the manner of some is but exhorting. Boy, if that's not the best thing I know about going to church. I'd love to see you guys. I'd love to have you shake your hand and say, I'm glad you're here. Exhortation, building people up, encouraging people, hearing these testimonies this morning. It's a place of exhortation. And we need to come together and be here. And then we see our attitude should be, oh, Do I have to go this morning? (laughs) Psalms 122 verse 1. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go unto the house of the Lord. Why? Because I get to express to Him who died a horrible death for me on a cross. Adoration 
and praise and worship. I get to give Him thanks. I get to get prayed for. Or I get to hear people pray. I get to hear the precious Word of God. I get to bring sinners in so they can be saved. I get to have a responsibility. If you think nobody loves you and there's nothing in life for you to do, get down here. We'll go up and down the hollers. We'll go visiting. It is a place of mission. It is a place to demonstrate your spiritual gifts. God has given everyone at least one of those. It is a place of activity. Read the coming events. It is the place of discipline. Well, I didn't know that, and I've been doing it. Well, you got disciplined by the Word and through the Holy Spirit showing you this morning. Well, i got to start doing that, whatever it might be. You know, a lot of people say, how did you know that about me? I said, what are you talking about? Well, you preached right at me this morning. I said, that was God, the Holy Spirit, because I didn't know that was going on in your life. And that's happened to me many times, believe me. I guess the greatest reason that we ought to go to church, like from our little theme song there during the offering, is our example, the Lord Jesus. Luke in chapter 4, and verse number 16. Luke 4, 16. And he came to Nazareth, his hometown, where he had been brought up, and as, help me, his what? Custom was. What's that mean? A custom is something that you do regularly. As was his custom, he went into the Jewish church, the synagogue, on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Jesus' example to us, he went to church. Faithful. How can I demonstrate my faithfulness to God through the local church? By giving. Now you're going to say, now he's going to start meddling. I'm not talking necessarily just about giving money. Listen, there's a lot of ways to give. Look at uh, what Paul says to the church at Corinth. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8 and verse number 5. And as they did, not as we hoped, but first gave themselves to the Lord. If you're a saved person, you're going to heaven. But there's more than just going to heaven to being a Christian. Have you made him the Lord? Of your life. You have said to him. Thank you for saving me. Now I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'll come every now and then. Or have you said to him. I make you the Lord of my life. Take complete control. Now be careful. Because once you say that. You are obligated you made a covenant with him that he didn't tell you to make, but you said you were going to. He is Lord of my life. Is he Lord of your life? 
What areas can he be? Why should he be Lord of, of my life? Let's look at why I should be Lord of my life. First Corinthians chapter six, verse nineteen. What? Hey, what? Wake up! What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have of God, and you are what? Not your own. Oh boy. That doesn't sit well with people. Because what kind of uh, atmosphere do we live in today in this world? Me. I want me, my way, micro fat, fast. I want it fast. I want it now. It's for me. And I'll step on anybody that I have to to get where a me wants to go. What an attitude. But as servants of Christ, we must remember that we are not our own. He bought us through His precious blood. For you were bought with a price. Just picture. Stop right now in your mind and picture Jesus hanging on that cross. Beaten to a pulp. His back and a lot of other parts of His body, His frame as a piece of hamburger meat, blood oozing out everywhere, beaten in the face with the fist of the Romans, crowned with thorns, spat upon, nailed to the cross, mocked, made fun of, hanging in humility. And you tell me you can't serve Him and come to church and get involved in the Lord's work? After all He's done for me, after all he's done for me, how could I do less than giving my best? After all he's done for me, the old song says. Romans chapter number 14. What should I give him? Romans chapter number 14 and verse number 7. For none of us live to himself or die to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, whether we die, we are whose? The Lord's. You are the Lord's. Faithful in giving. What are the ways we can give? Five T's. The five T's. First one is your temple. Your body. Romans 12.1 I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is just your what? Reasonable, reasonable service. It's just reasonable. He died for you that horrific death. I'm going to live for Him. It's just common sense, if you have any. <laughs> Number two, the second T is your talent. Your talent. First Corinthians chapter number 12 is one of the chapters, there's four of them, that show us the spiritual gifts that God has given to us. And notice in chapter 12 and verse number 4, 
Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? Every man. There's not a person sitting in this room that is a Christian this morning that doesn't have at least one spiritual gift. Many of you have more than that. We are blessed with a body that should be Christ. We have been given spiritual gifts that we should use for Christ. And then He has given us, and I guess I've already sort of said this once, but He's given us time. He has given us 168 hours in a week. Chapter 5 of the book of Ephesians, verse 16, He says, Redeeming the time because the days are what? Can you all say amen to the days are evil? Boy, has there ever been a more evil time in society than today. And fourthly, God has given you a testimony. How many of you know? If you are a saved person, you have a testimony. He saved you. And you can tell somebody, he saved me from whatever it was. Don't glorify your past. Glorify what Christ did for you. But tell them, I have a testimony. And we are a living testimony. If people know we are Christians, then they ought to see the love of Christ in us. And let us look at 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 2. And Paul says to the church, you are our epistle. What's an epistle? A letter. You're an open letter written in our hearts. And what? Known and read of all men. When somebody says your name, what comes to their mind? You are an epistle of Christ. You are an open letter walking around for people to read. What does your life read? What does it say about Jesus? And then, yes, fifthly, is our treasure. So we have the temple, we have the talent, we have the time, we have testimony, and now we have our treasure. These are the five areas that we should give to the Lord. He is our Lord, Savior and Lord of our life. The local church should have these in operation because we all should be working together. What about this giving? What does God say about giving? This is where a lot of people say, now he's gone to meddling. Don't you want to know what God says? I mean, if you don't, don't open your Bible because you will find out real quick what God says we should, how we should live. Chapter 3 of the book of Proverbs, verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance. With the what? First fruits of thine increase. First fruits. That would be your best. Right? That would be the cream of the crop. Your best. Now, none of us get a payday and then we go give the government theirs and, and uh, 
our uh, union its and uh, uh, pay our Appalachian power bill and our Columbia gas bill and, and our grocery bill. A lot of us have it directly deposited in these days and we never see it. We just know that it's supposed to be there. But God says our first fruits. So whatever you make, and I'm going to tell you that since, and I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you, the first payday that I got at Buchanan, well actually, excuse me, when I worked for the Board of Education when I was a teenager and just got out of school, and worked at the ESEA Center. I don't know if any of y'all remember that. It's the old West Logan grade school. I worked there, and my first payday, I gave God 10%. And I've never failed to do that. And God has blessed me immensely. Do you know anybody that's as healthy as John E. Gobby? Now, I may die of a heart attack today sometime, but as of right now, Billy Mullen, my doctor says I'm the... I'm the healthiest 69-year-old he has. God has blessed me. Amen. Blessed me with a beautiful wife, with three great kids, and, uh, and recently, man, I can't just even fathom what's happened. As he has blessed me to open up this church that I could come back, a place for me to live that I never thought I would ever get to enjoy like I did when I was a kid growing up there and it's it's been given to me by God because he has blessed me if you bless God he'll bless you Amen. he will and so give your best make it a, a priority that God gets first even the government wants to get first you say government you're second Lord first Leviticus chapter 27. How much should I give to the Lord? Leviticus 27 verse 30. And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the trees, is whose? Now listen here, I worked hard for that. It's mine. Is that what it says? It is whose? The Lord's. It's the Lord's. So when we start thinking about sins of omission, and we think about, I haven't prayed like I should, haven't read like I should, haven't witnessed like I should, haven't come to church like I should, and I haven't given like I should. Well, there's something you can do about that. Start. Start doing it. God says we should. And if we don't, then he's got some words for us. Malachi, last book of the Old Testament. Chapter 3. Last book of the Old Testament, chapter 3. And verse number 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. And in that day and time in the Old Testament, there was a place in the temple where they stored the money and the uh, things that people brought. That there may be food in my house. Now remember the Levites did not have a portion of land given to them when the 12 tribes of Israel settled in Canaan. God said, you 11 brothers, you 11 people 
that I have given this portion of land to, these 11 different plots, you're to take care of the Levites. Why? Because they are your preacher. They are your servant. You're to take care of them. And so the Levites lived around the temple, and when the people brought their tithes in, the Levites used that to live on. And, of course, they used it for the glory of God, but that was part of the agreement that God made with the tribes of Israel, that the Levites were the godly tribe or the priestly tribe. And he says, Bring all your tithes into the storehouse that you may have food in my house, and test me now where, where herein, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will, if I will not open unto you the windows of heaven. It don't look like anyone in here went breakfastless today. Doesn't look like anybody didn't take a bath this morning or at least you had access to a bathroom and you had access to clothing and you had access to a vehicle. Are you getting my drift? He's poured out upon you blessing that there should not be room enough to receive it. Now, if we obey Him and we do that, He's going to bless us. And I'm not saying just give so you can get a blessing. But it ought to be done out of love. Not out of, well, the preacher's going to preach at me if I don't. I don't know who does. I, even our treasurers, they don't know how much, if you're given the right amount, that's none of our business. But you and God ought to know it. And you ought, to, you ought to be faithful to God in this area as much as you are faithful to Him praying every day or eating every day or reading every day or whatever every day. And in verse 8, and I hate to I hate to say there's a penalty, but there is. And if I'm going to be your pastor, I'm not only going to tell you the good things, I'm going to tell you what happens if you don't be good. Amen? Or would you want me as a pastor if I didn't tell you the whole truth and nothing but the truth? So help you God. Will a man rob God? Yea, you have robbed me. But you say, how have we robbed thee in tithes and offerings? God said, Israel, you've not paid up like you're supposed to. You're not taking care of your Levite brothers. You're bringing in lame lambs. You're bringing in the gleanings of the field instead of the first fruits. You've robbed me. And we might say that about us as Christians if we're not doing as we should. Faithfulness in giving. Faithfulness to the local church's outreach. Colossians chapter 3. Paul says, Colossians chapter 3 and verse number 23. <clears throat> and whatever you do, do it heartily unto the Lord and not unto me. Do it how? From the heart. Faithfulness in the church's outreach. 
If you are a member of the church, if you're saved, and you're, I assume, satisfied to be part of a local church here at the Stryker Bible Church, then you should be involved in its outreach. We had a really good vacation Bible school. And I know some of you had to work, and I know some of you were ill, and some of you had this and that, but some of you just were lazy. All for one and one for all. That's the theme of the Bible. We're, we need to work together. Now, we're approaching a time called revival. Now, I've already given you at least a four-month warning. November 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, five days, five nights, morning, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We should set that aside and say, I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be here. I'm going to bring people with me. I'm going to get people saved through the evangelist. Even if I'm backward and shy and I can't talk like I should for the Lord, if you pray about it, he'll give you that power, believe me. But we should be here. We should be faithful. And then when the church has great accomplishments, you can feel the pride. And it's not wrong to be prideful in the, in the Lord. I'm prideful in the Lord and what he has done on top of the roof and through. I'm just so joyful about this. I'm glad I'm a part of it, aren't you? Amen. Amen. It didn't look like this a year ago. The Lord has done a miracle. The Lord has. Give Him praise. Give Him glory. It's all Him. Amen. We're just vessels. I'm nothing. I'm just a nobody trying to show everybody about somebody who saved my soul. Amen? Amen. That song's going to be played here one of these days. It's a good one. By Casting Crowns. I'm just a nobody telling everybody about somebody that saved my soul. And that's what—that's our attitude. That's what we ought to be. Amen? Now this contemporary song. On the old westerns, it's a stick up. And everybody had to do what? Put your hands up. That means you surrender. Amen? With lifted hands. I surrender to the Lord. 